Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome to Just a Sip. I am your host, Justin Sylvester. There are moments in your life that you will never forget. The first moment was when I proudly said I was gay for the first time. Another moment is when I walked onto the stage of Daily Pop. One of the other moments was when I got a chance to do a segment on the Today Show next to my guest today, Hoda Kotb. And today, to have this woman on my show is one of the most special moments of my life. I will never forget this day for the rest of my life. And I am certain that this woman and I will have many more professional and personal run-ins because this was just too special not to share. So without further ado, please help me welcome the legend Hoda Kotb. I have to be honest with you. You, I see you every morning when I wake up. I have your card Hi. right here. You oh. and Kathy Lee are right on my refrigerator. You are the first people I see. It was honestly the greatest moment of my life to share a stage with you guys. I will never forget it. Well, we adore you. I'm going to remember these interviews and they're going to be like, hey, you knew Justin when? Like, we'll be in the old archival stuff that they play when you, <laughs> when you, got, your own, when you got your own big show with your audience. No, no. It's in 10 years when you and Jenna finally add a third chair to that oh. fourth hour. And then we could talk about it. We may officially make a steal happen here. You know what? It could be the one. I feel like if you would let me go, it would be just to you. You do have to guest co-host with me one time when Jenna's out. That would be fun. I that am here. Okay. But okay. By the way, when I do it, you have to bring those girls to the studio. Okay. They are so cute. How is motherhood going? Oh, Justin, it's it's the best. It is the absolute best. I mean, you know what's so funny? Yesterday, um, Haley wasn't feeling herself, and I couldn't get her to go back to sleep, even though she was okay. And all of a sudden, I just sat there, and I was with her, and I said, do you just want me to hold you? And she looked at me, and she m muttered, like, into my chest. She said, yes. And I said, Whoa. does it just feel good to be held sometimes? And she said, yes. And she literally fell asleep, like her heart was just resting. And I'm constantly like, I'm, I feel like my heart didn't know it had this much room inside. Yeah. I thought I had 
had and received and given a lot of love. And I didn't know that there was this capacity. I didn't even know what this thing ever felt like, but I've been loving every minute of it, Justin. You talked about maybe having a third is what I read. Well, here's the thing. I'm a big believer in putting things out into the universe and saying like, God, what do you have for us? So I feel like there are kids who need us. Yeah. They need you, they need me, and um, their lives could be rich and full of love and, and togetherness. And I just think that sometimes you have to just open your heart and say, like, do you, you know, I think we would, I think our family would be enhanced by it. I think we have enough love for it. I think, um, I think another addition would be amazing. Um, so all we can do is put our arms out and say, let us know if this is meant for us. Um, and if it does, come on, family of five. Right. But, you know, this is my issue. I have thoughts about adopting a children and I really want that moment. I just watch too much Lifetime where the mom comes back and snatches the baby two days after you get it or you hear these horror stories. Did that ever go through your mind when you were starting this process? No, that, that's a really good question. I guess it didn't. I don't know why it didn't because I feel like one of the most generous acts um, is for a mother who knows that her child could be cared for in a better way with yeah. someone else. That's the ultimate act of generosity. And they're being generous to their child. They're being generous. They don't even know, like, like yeah. they, these moms don't know what they've given me. Like, I don't think they'll ever know. You yeah. know, I don't think that there's any possible way they could know. But I feel like Haley and Hope are, I, they always say, did we, you know, Haley says, did we come from your tummy? And I said, no, you came from my heart. Like, oh. you came from my heart. So I, they're, they're every bit of mine. And I also would like them to know everything that they should know about who they are, you know. Yeah. It. But um, no, I don't even, and I, I hope one day they do get the opportunity to meet their birth mothers. Like, of course, of course, yeah. of course. Was motherhood always in your plan? <laughs> Well, I, I always assumed, you know, when you're when you're kind of career driven, you assume and you back burner that you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But let me For just sure. get where I need to get. Oh, it's get established. And then all of a sudden I had a series of funky events that happened one after the next. You know, I got married and then I got breast cancer and then uh, I got divorced shortly after that. And all of these kind of crummy things happened at one time. And that was my kind of critical window. I guess. Yeah. Or, and then I thought at the end of that, well, you know, I, that, you know, your, my story's written and that's how it's written and that's yeah. okay. And I got to tell you, Justin, I couldn't put my head on the pillow at night because I was thinking about it. Wow. I thought about kids. Whenever I saw a baby, I melted. Like I couldn't, I, I loved all my friends' children. I loved it, but I didn't feel at peace. And then they say, you knew you needed it. Yeah. Well, you got to speak it like whatever you want now. That's like your own secret, uh, like desire. And maybe it's too big, you think, or too much, or maybe I don't know if I deserve it or is it right? Or is it self, but whatever. But if you speak it out loud, even if it's a whisper, even if you just yeah. tell one friend, all of a sudden something weird happens. It's like, I said it. And then all of a sudden, it's like now there's something that you feel like there's energy that's taking it where it needs to go. But I think if you don't speak it, if you 
push it down and shove it down and no, no, no. And then you go about your life like you're not doing yourself a service. Put it out there. If it's not meant to be, it's not happening. It doesn't matter. I agree with you. But then this is my other question because, mm. you know, you found love in 2013. I love that you called them boots. That's my favorite nickname boots. of anybody. You found boots. Boots had had children, you know, from another marriage and had done the dad thing. What if you would have spoken your truth out loud about your desires to have a child and your partner wasn't down for that ride again because he had already been down that road? That happens to a lot of women. For me, when I explained to Joel how much it mattered to me that I couldn't rest or sleep, and he said, well, like, let's do it. Like he, he didn't hesitate. If he did hesitate, if he was somebody who said, well, I'm not really sure if it's for me or I don't think so. No, I think it would have, I would have wondered if I had chosen, right. I would have definitely, um, rethought all of my relationship because if someone doesn't want you to have the only thing in life that you've ever dreamt of, then maybe they're not the right partner. Say that again. Yes. Coda, say that again for the people in the back. But I do think it's true. If someone you love knows how badly you want something, you have a desire that won't quit, and somehow they say, no, honey, I don't think that works for me. They don't love you enough. They don't. Yeah. Because they don't want you to have the, the only thing that would make you the, the happiest person you could be. They don't love you enough. And I knew I cho chose right in that moment. I'm glad I didn't have to make that decision, but it sure is such a great feeling when you know the person you chose has only your best interests, you know? 100%. And I hate in this society because I look at women, I'm looking at J-Lo at 50, killing it at the yes. height of her career. Yes. I'm looking at Halle Berry at 49, oh. becoming a mom for the first time. And there's this thing that happens to women in society that they think, okay, my clock is done. This is not for me. I'm too old for this. Yeah. I can't start my family right now. How did you combat those negative thoughts? Because it seems like that's instilled in all of us. Yeah. There, I mean, that is something you can't help but do the math, you know, because you're a human being and all you want is for your children to have a beautiful long life. I mean, who doesn't dream it of being at their child's high school graduation, their child's uh, college graduation, their wedding, their first child, all of these milestones you dream about. But I think, you know, when I think about it, like I'm really trying to live in the be here now because yeah. my dad passed when I was um, a sophomore in college Freshman. and I, I had him for, for those years up till my 20s. Uh, my 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 late teens, early twenties, and I felt like I got a rock solid foundation, and I still think about him at this age and wonder what he would think and ask for advice and stuff. So when someone's in your life, I don't know that the length of time means everything. It's like, what are you doing with that time? I think yeah. there are a lot of young parents, and I don't blame them because I would have been the same way, who are running around, running around because you have to do everything. And you don't, yes. you know, you're missing, you're missing a lot of things. So I'm trying to, to put a lot of quality time in a shorter window. Um, yeah. And it's really fun. And I feel like I'm, I'm probably a lot better uh, uh, of a parent now than I would have been um, a while ago. But I think you're right. I think you're right. And I think there's yeah. something about figuring out exactly what you want 
at the perfect time because yes. you're not second guessing. This is not yes. a, a something that you're doing for a spouse or a parent yes. or approval. It's like, I'm doing this for me. Yes. And you know, and this is funny? my time. Justin, what was so funny was I, I remember I spoke to Robin Roberts after, um, after I got Haley and I said to her, can you believe, you know, I'm 50, whatever it was two or 50, 52. And I, and I, or, and I have a baby and she said, Hoda, do you know what that baby is? And I said, what? And she said, that baby is right on time. Like, and she was so better. right because I mean, I just went and picked Haley up from school and this little girl ran out of her school and just jumped five feet, nine inches. I caught her, I held her and I just stood on that street and she was screaming, that's my mom, that's my mom. I was like, yes. And every, it's so funny because sometimes she will say as I'm walking with her and hope, are we your daughters? And I go, you are my daughters. I said, I love when you ask, yes. And it's just, it's the coolest. It's the best, it's the best feeling. And I'm, I'm gonna try to put a lot of parenting and, uh, in these years, I just you know to see you do that and to see you make it not even look easy. It's this thing because I think a lot of women feel so guilty about wanting both. Yeah, and a lot yeah. of women feel guilty about going to work and yeah. sacrificing moments either in their career or their parenthood. How did you wrap your head around not feeling like you were sacrificing? I think when you're at work, you gotta be at work. And I want Haley and Hope to know, work is awesome. Find the thing you love and, and you won't work a day in your life. You find that thing, whatever it is. And I want them to know, like, I'm going to work. Mommy loves work. This is where she learns. This is where she helps people. This is where she does this. And then when I come home, I wanna be 100% with them. I want them to love that part of it. Because look, my parents both worked when I was growing up. I mean, Same. that's, hi. Well, I mean, I didn't love my mom any less. I didn't think, why aren't you baking cookies? Of course I didn't think that. I never, it never dawned on me. Like we just lived. And so I don't, you know, I think all moms wrestle with it. But at the end of the day, if we are spending quality time, when we put that key in the door and come home, we're doing our jobs. And if we can make our home a safe and comfortable place where we can protect our kids because the world's scary. I'm looking out the window at New York City. There's a lot of scariness out there. But in these walls, we can comfort, we can soothe, we can make them stronger. We can put, you know, help them put their coat of armor on. So when they go outside, they're ready. But when they come home, take it off. Like you let your heart rest, you're here. And I feel like that's, that's my job. Like that's what I wanna be doing. Um, yeah. I feel guilty about work, Justin. I love it. And I love every second of parenting. And I think I say, you better not. Yeah. You better not feel guilty about work, Eddie, because I'm telling you, you get America through some of the hardest times. Oh. And for me, as a person in this business, I sometimes turn to you to see how you handle hard things oh. and how you pivot and how you make them relatable. And I, one of the, one thing that I remember so vividly is my mother used to say grace under fire all the time and I never understood it. And it was the first time that I was like, this is grace under fire. This yeah. is someone who is, who knows her role 
And you know that America is looking at you for guidance. Why do you think women run daytime right now? Because if you look at the landscape, Kelly Ripa, you have the third hour of today, you have Robin Roberts leading the charge, Ellen DeGeneres, you have so many strong women at the forefront, Rachel Ray. Women like to watch other strong women. I think there's something fun about it. It's like, I, I mean, I enjoy it. I think we want to see ourselves in somebody I, I feel like that. Like when I was growing up, you want to see like, who do I, who do I see yes. myself in? I mean, I look at Savannah, I look at Robin, I look at Gail, I look at all of these different, you know, like you were saying, there's Kelly, there's, you know, Jenna, there's every, everywhere you turn, there are women. But I think it's because we're kind of just being who we are finally. We're not trying to be the guy, you know? I remember I walked into a Soul Cycle class and people started applauding. And I was like, oh my God, it's always someone's birthday at SoulCycle. They're like, hey. Oh, it's it? always someone's oh, birthday. Yay. I was like, oh, hey, SoulCycle Sue, is it somebody's birthday? And I sat down and they were looking at me and I was like, I didn't even understand what, and they were like, you go girl. And I was like, and a, one of the moms had mentioned, she said, now my daughter knows when she looks at the TV that two women can do this together. like." That's that's now become a normal thing. And it just struck me. I was so surprised by that whole feeling. And um, it was overwhelming, yeah. Because that wasn't, I mean, two women hosting one yeah. of the most biggest, like the biggest shows yeah. on daytime. Yeah. was not the jam, was not even in question when you first started out in this business. Oh, yeah. No, you would never see that. Because it always had to be the dad dad had to be there. Yeah, it was, a, you know, and especially in local news too, it was always the same thing. It was usually like an older guy and some young girl. And that was the, that was the anchor team. Um, yes. Yeah. That's what we were used to because that's what they, that's the way. That was the, the stereotypical way to do it. Yeah. And I think it had always been that way. And why would you change it? Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. It's so crazy when I first started the show... I remember getting a really bad tweet, a series of bad tweets. And I told my agent one time that I was getting these tweets and how devastated I was. And he goes, everyone gets bad tweets, even Hoda. (laughs) And I said, you better shut your mouth talking about our national treasure like that. Hoda does not get bad tweets. And he goes, even Hoda will get a bad tweet from time to time. We all do. Hoda, how do you, get, how the hell do you get bad tweets and how do you deal well, with them? Well, here's the thing. I, I get bad tweets. They're like, oh, your clothes. Oh, what happened? Did you wake up? You look tired or oh, why did you, you know, I don't know. I wear the same clothes. I don't care. It's sort of like to me, if someone criticizes my outfit, it means, do you know what it means to me? Zero. Zero. Because chances are, if I close my eyes and you ask me, what are you wearing? I probably would have maybe a 50-50 chance of getting it right. But I think there are some that cut through that really can hit you like a dagger. And what's funny is the one that really 
kind of rang my bell wasn't a tweet because I feel like tweets are are shot off quickly without thought. You know, yes. often you're just like, I just saw that. Oh, what what did you mean? I yeah, like, I don't know. I didn't mean that. Sorry, you took it that way. You know, you try not to make anyone feel upset about something. Um, but I received a, a letter addressed to my home with a return address I didn't recognize and a handwriting I didn't know. Usually when you get a letter, it's from someone you know. And, and I you opened it. I opened no. it. And well, yeah, I opened it because I was like, oh, because sometimes people will send like, a, I, I took a picture with them somewhere. Will you sign it and return it? You know, sometimes they do that. I, yeah. I don't know how people get your home address, but who cares? I don't know. So I had just opened one with a, just like that, with a, with a picture in it for someone who I had met and I signed it and I put it back. They put a self-addressed one inside. I sent it back. Easy. I opened the second one. And it was this woman who started off with kind of um, like, how dare you? And I was like, what? Like, huh? And she said, I can't believe that you thought it was a good idea to become a mother, you know, what? in your early 50s. Uh, what kind of a, and she just sort of went off. And I was reading and I was looking at handwriting and it was a person with a pen and a paper and they sat at a table and they wrote it and it said, you know, if you didn't do the math, I'll do it. When they're in high school, you know, you know and they, she literally wrote all this down. And she, tried, she read you in the letter. Yeah. And what happened was in that letter was, of course, those are my worst fears written down by some person I don't know. But she wasn't a coward. She signed it. And she did have her return address there. I was so upset that I shredded it. I, I literally tore it up sitting there. I was by myself in the living room. I just tore it up. And I was trying to forget it. But inside, I was thinking to myself, and I thought about it again. And I'm thinking about it this moment right now. It was probably like, it was probably three or four weeks ago I got it. And I thought, why am I so upset? Well, I'm upset because someone wrote that. And I'm, I think yes. I'm upset because it was one of the things I'm the most afraid of. And someone wrote it down. And I know wow. they, they berated me about it. I, it was just the fact that that's something that scared me anyway before she wrote that. Anyway, some things get stuck in your craw and you try to shake it off, but we're human and it hurts. So you just go about your day and you say, well, I love my kids harder today. I hope she's wrong. You know, I wish that you had called me. I have this thing called phone a gay friend and it's for women and I give everybody a pass. And whenever you're feeling like you're not sure about something yeah. and you need a gay in your life, but you don't have a constant gay who's going to tell you the truth, you can go ahead and call that hotline and I will answer and say phone a, phone a gay friend hotline. And as your friend and as the person planning your bachelorette party, as we've already established, yes. I would have told you to keep that letter. Mm. And every year, on your daughter's anniversary of her adoption. I want you to write this woman and tell her not only all, all of the joy that she has brought to your life, but all of the joy that you bring to hers. Mm. And I want you to tell her the mistakes you made that year, the person that you have become from those mistakes and how you won't repeat them the next year. I wish you would have kept that oh, address. I want to cry. Oh. You know what I mean? And it's crazy because I'm the same way. I will hold on to strangers' words and I can't kick them out of my head. And it's weird, as strong and as confident as I am, sometimes it's the words of strangers that bring me to my knees. Yeah. Where is Kathy Lee with the wine when we need it? I don't it? know. I think it's a shrink. That's the next, your next job. <laughs>
Goodbye, Dr. Phil. It could be me. No, phony gay friend. I'm telling you, you could be a whole segment on, on today's show. Um, I'm so happy that you wrote this book because I think every day is a true testament to who we are as human beings and that no matter what, if you choose to start your day on the right foot, yeah. you can. And you wrote this book. This just speaks to me. Words yeah. to live by. What was your inspiration behind this? Often when you're going through a time in your life, uh, you'll read a quote and it'll hit you like a dagger. You're like, oh my God, that's me. And sometimes quotes come in like the fewest words. It's not even a quote. Sometimes it's like your life changes when you hear it's a girl. Yeah. Or it's cancer. You graduated. You're hired. You're fired. Like it takes so few words to, to change the course of your life. And this book is full of quotes that literally like speak to me. Like, and it's funny because I might've read some of these quotes three years ago and I would have said, oh, that's interesting, but that doesn't apply to me. Yeah. You'll read the exact same quote a couple of years later and you're like, oh my God. It's, it's like seeing a movie that makes you sob one year and then the next year you watch it again and you're like, what was I thinking? That is not sad. Right? What was, because you've changed and we all change. And I think this book kind of shows that there's one quote by a guy named Mitch Album who, he wrote Tuesdays with Maury. He's a big sports writer. And oh. do you love him? Love him. Okay. So he wrote this book called Finding Chica. And there's a quote in it that says, you're defined by what you carry. And so he told a story about how he and his wife didn't have children, but they started an orphanage in Haiti. And there was a young girl named Chica who was, I think, two years old or three. And she was so sick that they brought her home to try to get care for her. So he and his wife essentially adopted her and were sending, taking her to the hospital and she was really struggling. It was really touch and go. And at one point she was in their house and he was physically moving her from the couch to the chair, to the bed, to the desk. And he said, and it was Super Bowl Sunday. So we said, hey, Chica, you know, uh, Jane, his wife, Jane, sh she's here. So she's going to be here. And so are all our, our relatives. But I got to go write my story for the Super Bowl. And she said, why do you have to go? And he said, I've got a job. You know, I've got to write my Super Bowl story. I'm a sportsman. Yeah. She said, no, your job is to carry me. And he said, in that moment, he looked at her and he thought, you're defined by what you carry. Like, wow. What am I carrying? And he realized, yes, like this is what I'm carrying you. This and the, the little girl sadly passed away um, after that. But I thought wow. about that. You're defined by what you carry. So some people have five kids and carry their job only. Yeah. Some people don't have children, but carry the, the, their friends. Some people, you know, carry themselves. They don't care about anybody else. Some people, you know, Carrie, yeah. who knows? But that struck me. And I think it does define you. And I feel like sometimes there's a quote that just pops out at you. You know, one day there's another one I love that says, um, it's hard to hate up close. Like once, <laughs> once you're like this, how am I going to, how am I going to hate somebody? You sit, you 100%. it's hard to hate up close, but we got to get up close, even, even by zoom or something. But Instead, we retreat, we think of the worst traits, the worst this, I believe the worst in them. It's like, but w w once you have a friend, and you ever, have you ever heard this when someone meets a friend of another race or religion, they're like, oh, but you're not like them. It's like, yeah, I am them. I'm them. I, I live in Beverly Hills. I hear yeah. that every <laughs> damn yeah. week. Yeah, 
It's like, come on. You're like, of course, but you're opening the door. You're the door opener, you know, and then there's more and then there's more. But anyway, I like that quote too. I love that, that you are what you carry. Um, It's so interesting to me because, and I'm happy this got brought up because my grandmother died of breast cancer. um, And my aunt fought it and beat it. Uh And really and truly fought her ass off. And I'm so proud of her for what she did. But she carries that with her all the time. There's always this fear of it's going to come back. It's going to come back. And how do you not live with that fear? Um, I think. Or do you still? Or do you still? I don't. I used to think about it a lot because it's terrifying when it happens to you. Um, you know, when, when you hear the diagnosis and then you have to go through all the, the surgeries and stuff and I had a mastectomy and I remembered thinking like, how am I going to put my head on the pillow and sleep? Is it coming back? Is there a cell? Is it coming? Is it coming? You know, it's a weird thing because I was totally healthy. I ran in central park. I ate apples. I'm like, what the hell? Like why, how could this find me? Like what? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how you think of it. But I decided there was like a point in my life where I was like, cancer shaped me, but it can't define me. I can't say, I don't want that to be the top five things when someone says, who are you? Yeah. Like, can't, I don't want cancer survivor to be in the top five. I mean, I, I'm happy, trust me, but I'm not defined by that. Like that was part of me and I yeah. carried it and I learned a lot and I, 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 it sort of changed who I am. It made me like get rid of the things I didn't want and hold on tightly to the things I do. I learned about not being afraid. I was so afraid to ask for anything, a raise, anything, because I thought, well, they'll notice me. But then I said, well, what am I doing? Like after cancer, you get, you know, you get four words, you get, you can't scare me. Like you are free. You're like, wow, 100% I almost died. So is it really going to be hard to go ask my boss for a raise? No. Come on. That's when I ended up getting that job with Kathy Lee. I marched up the stairs. I said, come on. There's a new hour. Let me do it. Pick me. Why not me? I would have never done that if I hadn't gotten sick. It's because you went through that battle. Yes. And I was I was suddenly weirdly fearless. And I knew I didn't have the time I thought I had. Like, why am I lounging around? Go ask for it. And I remember I marched up there and I was like, I, oh my God, you can't scare me, Jeff Zucker. I got this whole thing. He was like, <laughs> don't you do Dateline? Okay, anyway, <laughs> see ya. I am done. I want to talk and sit with Kathy Lee in the morning. Yes, and it, and it ended up working. And I thought to myself, if I hadn't gotten sick, I wouldn't have the guts. But so I feel like instead of giving me fear, it sort of made me unafraid, Fearless. weirdly. Yeah, which was strange because I'm not that person and I became it. And it's kind of fun. It's like all of a sudden you're like, someone gave me my life back. It's like, you know, those movies when you think you're dead and then all of a sudden you're, you're like, it's back. <laughs> okay, let me go do that. I want that. I'm not going to be married to you anymore. I'll take you. You know, like you just shed it. It goes away. Honestly, it's so funny. Like, if you look back on that time, obviously you have changed a lot of things in your life. You got a divorce. You started, you know, your life over. You have children. 
if you had not gotten cancer, uh, do you think you would have still been in that relationship now? And do you think you'd be a mother today? I might have still been in that relationship and I probably would not have been mother. Is that so scary? So you essentially would have died anyway. Yes. Because you would have not lived. Yes. yes. No, in yes. all actuality, you yes. would have been walking around like the living dead yes. because you would yes. have not fulfilled yes. who you truly were. Yes, you are absolutely right. You are absolutely, that is terrifying what you just said. Am I in the shrink's office? I think, <laughs> hold on. No, seriously, this is better. I'm canceling my therapy I had scheduled for later. No, it's, but it's a true, yeah. like, I mean, like, I'm watching you talk about this disease yeah. as if you won a Nobel Peace Prize and yeah. the way you have thought about it and the way it turned your life upside down. And it's crazy that we get yes. strength from something so yes. scary, but yes, Hoda, you would have been a different You're person. Right. You would have been an unhappy person had you not be cancer. I need your cell phone number. I'm going to need more of this. <laughs> Phone a gay friend. You should just phone a gay friend. This is crazy. I love it. I love it. I knew when you wrote the first book, I read that you had gotten all these quotes from fans. Mm -hmm. Is there a quote that sticks with you from a fan after that first book? I think it's probably, it's not too late. You're not too old. You're right on time. And you're better than you know. There was, that one was like a real, that one hit me. I, I think someone at one of the events told me about it and I, you wrote it down because people come to you like, I got one, I got 100%. one. 100%. Like, you got, give it to me. I love other people's quotes, wherever they get them from. I don't know where they pull them from here. My grandmother told me this, Maya Angelou, like, I'll take them. I'll take them all. 100%. Yes. Oh my God. And then you got in 2013, you got the best quote ever. When Boots told you, make it out to me. I, by the way, I'm just letting you know, this is a whole nother conversation, but I tell people, you don't know where your blessing is going to be. Yes. So when people invite me to random mixers that I don't know anybody in, and it's for people in the yodeling society, if it's for people in the Scottish guard of America society, I always force myself to go because you never know, never know. where God will put your blessing. You were speaking at a Wall Street event. Yes. That you do not want to be in. And you met the man of your dreams. Go to those events, man. It was pouring rain, horrible night. Didn't want to go. Was at the wrong location. Rolled up. Saw it was Wall Street. I was like, this is not the junior league. Um, <laughs> I didn't even, you know, you don't know where you're going half the time. And I get there. Everyone's on their phones. I'm giving a bad speech because I just don't feel like it's clicking. I make it short and sweet. And I get ready to go. And they're like, you got to sign some books. I'm like, I don't think anyone here wants my book. They goes, yeah, they do. <laughs> so they, some people, a couple people got in line. I wrote them out to their Nana, their grandma, their ma, their aunt. And then the last guy in line was like, I, could you sign mine? I said, sure. And I go, who would you like me to make it out to? Your daughter, your sister, your wife, your mother. And he goes, how about to me? I'm like, what's your name? He said, Joel. I was like, you perked up. Oh. You were like, give me the good pen. 
<laughs> you're like from Hoda Hoda Kot V Hoda Kot V at three three seven two nine six. Babe, we had a date the next week. Hoda, you are a player. Is history. He wanted to go for drinks. I said, "Oh, great! I'll see you for dinner." Yes. Oh, I don't waste time with drinks. No. 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 You're no. gonna three course meal. I'm minimum. going for dinner or nothing. I am so happy that I got to talk to you. I'm so proud of this episode of Just a Sip. It's probably one of my favorites that I will ever do in my life. When I cut this and send it to your daughters in 15 years, when they're old enough to understand the things that you have been saying today, what message do you want to leave them with? Do not do this to me. No, I want to know. I want to know. 15 years. You have given me so much to think about in this. And I know one day they're going to Google you and look at this interview. Okay. And Alien Hope. Understand you. Alien Hope. Um, well, just that they made me the happiest I've ever been. That's it. I love you. I love you. I will see you on that set. Okay. Look at us crying like two fools. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, Justin. Love you. I love you. Uh, Thank you. You guys, thanks for listening. And do not forget to subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And you can follow me at The Lady Sitter and be sure to come back every week for another pour of your favorite celebrity. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.